It is not hard to look around the world today and see a lack of love. The problem is, is that we see that same lack of love coming from people who call themselves Christians. Something has to change. I believe that something is that we need to learn to love. What if we could begin to see each person's unsurpassable worth? What if we actually started to look like and love like Jesus? When we begin to see everyone the way that Jesus does, we won't be able to do anything else but love. It's time for most of us to unlearn and unknow the God we inherited and have been taught and begin to encounter the God that is revealed in Jesus and become immersed in his love so we can love the way that he loves. Come on this journey with us and let's learn to love. I'm just going to jump in then. Um, Cool. So I'm talking to Kate or Caitlin. uh, (laughs) And I'm just really appreciative that you're willing to do this. You're, you're guest number one. uh, And one of many, I hope with all the people that you're sending my way. Uh, So, so hopefully this uh, goes well for the first one and I don't put my foot in my mouth or say anything out of ignorance. Um, are fine. Cool. So, the first question, just so there's maybe context for for where the conversation will go, is just where are you at in your faith journey? Okay. So that for me is one of my favorite questions. Um, I am not a believer in the sense of what a lot of Christians view as a believer. I don't follow the Christian practices. Um, I did choose to leave that life. I left it way behind me. Um, I actually deal a little bit of a different world. I, I have a faith and I am spiritual, but I do a lot more of universe and mother nature kind of thing. Um, and I do a lot of energy work, work with herbs. Um, I don't like using this term, but a lot of people, you know, technically that's what I'm under. Um, I'm considered an eclectic witch but not in a, I don't mess with anything dark. I don't deal with anything of that nature. I don't want any negativity in my life. I am just on a path to discover myself, what I'm capable of and how I can help my fellow people and my fellow world, because I kind of care about the planet we live on too. That's kind of important. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. As uh, I think that's one thing that uh, Christians have missed significantly is caring about the planet. Uh, And if you're going to believe the Bible, then you have to believe that you're actually called to steward the planet and be good stewards of it. Instead of the mindset of it's all going to burn anyway, just let it go. Uh, Very poor uh, theology. Very. uh, (laughs) Very. So like I kind of, we talked before and then, you know, seeing the questions. So, you know, most of the time Christians can be heard just yelling either, uh, from a pulpit or even just shouting down their their pastors saying amen uh, when they're saying like homosexuality is a sin uh, and there's no thought to just the specific person that may even be sitting there or going to hear it and the turmoil that they're in the pain or even just their story um, so I would love to just hear a little bit about your story and what you face specifically with kind of the way maybe you felt on the inside when you were in that world and how you were treated or made to feel a certain way by 
people who called themselves Christians. And I'm going to say that a lot, called themselves Christians, yes. because if they don't look like Jesus, then I, I question if they are truly Absolutely. Christians. Um, so I love this question because you can go in so many different trails with it. There's so many different rabbit trails. So I'm going to try really hard to stick with like my one, my one thing. Um, a lot of times, a lot of people like to use the word Christian and they like to back up what they say with Christianity and a sense of, well, I'm just holding you accountable. I'm telling you what I see is wrong with you to hold you accountable so you can fix it. And that is my least favorite thing that Christians do because it is one super, super harmful because you're just attacking people and then you're placing the blame on God, which is just not cool. We don't do that. Um, but I, I was saying before it cut off that my three favorite words that have been used to describe me um, and by favorite, I mean the most harmful until I became callous to it were nasty, evil, and unnatural. Those were my things. Those were my, you know, you're meant for a man. So be with a man. And it's like, no, that's not how that works, but okay. Um, and so I think, you know, a little bit of my story, I actually just recently came out to the public this year in January. Um, I came out to my friends. Um, honestly, I never really had to come out to my friends. They kind of were just like, hey, what's going on with you? I'm like, oh, I've got a date. And they're like, okay, cool. What's his name? I'm like, actually, she. And they're like, oh, I didn't know you rolled that way. I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, is she a good person? Like, do you, you know, are you like taking care of her mental health? Like, are you okay with that? Are you in a good place to be dating right now? It was more of those questions about me and less about who it was that I was seeking. And that yeah. gave me a lot of confidence because that alone was a big step. I never received that with any Christian world ever like not even the questions of how's your mental health like never received that and so I've known since I was a kid that I was gay but I never told anyone I actually got to the point where a family member recently called me and she was like what is happening like I feel like this kind of came out of nowhere I'm like yeah I hit it really well because I was terrified of exactly what happened which is my parents don't speak to me anymore my whole family has completely cut me out. They don't respond to texts as simple as I love you. Um, the other day I came home. My parents don't live in the same state. They live like four or five states away. I came home and there was a stack of my stuff from my childhood on my front. So not only were they in the state and didn't tell me, they came to my house while I was at work, didn't tell me and just dropped off stuff. You know, I didn't want, no kid wants that. Nobody mm wants that and so I got a lot of that um I went to a Christian university we were very accepting in that university but falsely accepting so like we put on that face of oh you're welcome to be loved here but their relationship doesn't go any deeper than that your relationship cuts off at saying hi in the hallway and then you walk away and so if I had a chance to talk to anybody about it I didn't have a chance but if I had had a chance I couldn't I honestly don't know what that would have been like because nobody ever offered up any type of reassurance that if I told them something, it wasn't going to come back and hurt me, which is the core 
of what a lot of people tend to fear with it's just the repercussions. What's going to happen when I tell? Because this life that I've built on this either misunderstanding of who I am or this, for me, it was just a straight up lie of who I was. I was pretending to be straight and I wasn't. I almost married a man uh, who was borderline abusive because I was so committed to being the perfect wife as I have been trained to do in the Christian world that I, you know, was just determined to marry someone who didn't care about my worth. It didn't see me, but I saw a role that needed to be filled. And as that good Christian woman that I was, I did it. Um, I left the church when I was, I think, 23. I'm 25 now. So very recently. Um, and ever since I left the church and ever since I started talking to people about who I am, not even just my sexuality, but just who I am in general, I've lost everyone. There's, I mean, maybe three people on this planet. And mind you, I was involved heavily in the Christian community until I was 23. And there's maybe three people on this planet that are, that call mm. themselves Christians that still talk to me. Mm. So it's been a journey, but it's, you know, it's a story and I'm just hoping, you know, kind of like what you're doing here. I'm hoping that people can hear me. I hope they can hear a little bit of pain in my voice and think, well, even if I don't agree with it, I still don't want to cause that pain to somebody. Yeah. So where, where was that fork in the road at where it's like, okay, I just like, I can't be a part of this anymore. I have to leave. So I would say that fork happened. Um, I had a bad breakup. It was the, the ex that I was telling you about. He was heavily, heavily involved in the church. And by he, I mean his family. He was not, but his family was. And I spent a lot of time with his family, a lot of time. And so I was there. They were the, um, their official title was Fundamental Independent Baptists. So they were the women's skirts had to be a certain length, their makeup couldn't be too heavy, that kind of thing. Um, at the time, I worked for a company where one of my five attributes that we had to be was sexy. And so I, you know, had to play the part and I was the manager. So I wore the short skirts and the heels and all that stuff. And they would invite me to church after they're like, oh, when you get off work, come to church. And I would say, no, <laughs> I'm not showing up dressed like this because I know the looks that I'm going to get. I dressed in what I thought was modest and what I thought was appropriate and what I never questioned as sexual at all. And I still got it. And so it got to the point to where I was like, you know what, I just need to try a different church. Every church I've ever been in has been like this. Let me try one more. I'll give it a chance. I went to church and the very first message that I heard was a more calm version, but still a version of hellfire and brimstone spitting, you know, the whole, you can't live with someone if you're not married and be a Christian. You can't. And so I, who had just moved 1400 miles from my family and friends um, to live with my partner who was abusive was sitting there and I'm like, okay, this is a sign that clearly I, it's me, I'm getting targeted. Something's not right. I don't fit in. 
And I think it's the theology that I'm not okay with. I think it's just every practice that I have seen, I'm not okay with it. And I'm trying really hard to fit in and it's just not working out for me. I have tattoos, I have a nose piercing. You know, at the time I had longer hair, but I had bleached it and I had dyed it pink. You know, I, I didn't fit in. And yeah. I realized now like perspective, I just wasn't trying the right denominations. Totally understand that. But it kind of burned me. It burned me and it it left a very sour, very burnt taste in my mouth. And unfortunately, I haven't, you know, really had that desire to try to fix that. Yeah, I I get it. Some churches that I go to to, as a guest or something, I get it because I'm, you know, I'm covered. I'm covered. And they're on my neck, too. So it's like I can't even wear a long sleeve and hide it, nor would I want to anyway. So how do you think life would have looked different if at that, that moment where like, instead of maybe falling, like going to that one church where there, that last ditch effort instead, maybe you went somewhere and there was someone that just shared more about like, they look really like Jesus. They had inclusive love and it was just, I just want to love you and be a part of your journey. Do you think that would have changed? Like if that would have been your experience in the last, that last ditch effort, or do you think you still would have ended up going the route you did this time? Ultimately, I still would have walked away. Um, But I think if I had heard it a little bit younger, and if I had, if I was maybe a teen, when I had heard a little bit of love and a little bit of light, even if it was just a moment where I visited a French church before I went back to my own. The idea that there are other ideas out there when I'm still learning and I'm still shaping my mind, specifically at a younger age, I think I would have been a lot more open to it. And I honestly probably, maybe if I was younger, I might not have left the church, but um, I think ultimately I was personally called to the lifestyle that I have now in a sense of my own spiritual path. I don't think I would have ever been able to get away from it. Um, I have had signs since I was a kid that that is the path that I needed to go on. And I'm, you know, very open to whatever life has to throw at me. Um, I think because I had been so burned at that point that in that fork in the road, if I had heard a little bit of love, I wouldn't have had such a sour taste, but I still would have left. Cool. Understandable. Um, So just a little bit of a word association game then. So what, what does the words or phrase just religion and Christianity, like, what does that mean to you? Again, another question that I love. (laughs) Um, So I went to a Christian university and in that university, we were Um, taught different religions just for perspective and honestly to be able to convert them back to Christianity. So I did learn a lot about different religions. So for me, religion doesn't mean bad. Religion doesn't have that heavy feeling with a lot of people that it does. To me, the word religion just means an organized, you know, an organized belief system with related practices. We'll say that. Um, Christianity, on the other hand, (laughs) Christianity, um, I hear Christianity and my first thought is like watered down. Um, It's more of forced beliefs. Um, It's more of 
you know, just from past experiences, it's definitely a lot more of this is right, this is wrong. It's consequences. It's very, you know, there's specific expectations that they have of you. And when you don't meet them, it's not a, it's not a, it's not an environment where if you fall a little bit short, they're just like, oh, it's okay. Like just, you know, do better next time. Instead, it's more of, oh, you fell short. Well, now we're going to always know that that's what you fall short of. And we're going to have to constantly remind you to keep your chin up and keep going and don't fall again. And I just, you know, specifically being a woman, there's a lot that's expected of you in the Christian world. If you go straight to scripture, that Proverbs 3130 has been drilled into my brain my whole life. And the part that I never understood was if I, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Why do I have to fear? That was always my, my big connector is why do I have to fear? Why can't I love the Lord? Why can't I follow him and adore him? Why do I have to fear? So that for me, you know, Christianity meant fear and it meant doing what was expected or bad things are going to happen to you. There was no reward really. And I never had anyone in my life that showed reward because everything that they had done was either started when they were not a Christian. And then, you know, like their family, for example, they're like, oh, I've been blessed with this family. And it's like, well, yes, but you had that family out of wedlock and then you were married and then you became a Christian. So it's very, very tricky for me in my brain. It, it, there are so many different boxes that are open and those boxes are full of wires that are connecting to other boxes. And it's like a computer that's just, everything's connected, but nothing's working and nothing's turned on. Yeah. But that's kind of where my mind goes. And then how about what I think has become more contrasting was opposite of Christianity, especially in the West and in America. What about the word love? And then the phrase unsurpassable worth, like. So um, again, I'm brutally honest. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I hear love and unsurpassable worth, and I do not think Christianity at all. My brain does not go there. My brain goes to mental health. My brain goes to, um, I've been in a lot of, um, I've been in personal therapy for a long time. And I've also been in um, group therapy uh, for survivors of sexual assault. And so I hear love and, you know, unsurpassable worth. And my brain goes to a support system of women or a group of people who have been in pain and now they're loving and trusting themselves in order to move forward and in, and in order to step forward. So I think it's for myself. I think of my world and I think of my people, like just my fellow, not just my people, just humans in general. I hear love and I instantly want to spread it. That's one of the main reasons why I did this because I knew going in to these interviews, I was like, okay, I'm not a Christian. I'm going to say things that they may or may not like. I'm going to say things, I'm going to have a lifestyle they may or may not like, but it doesn't matter because my intention going in is to spread love and hopefully someone in this whole mess of a life will be able to find their worth through it and be able to grow 
And that is truly deeply just what I want. I wish that for every single person on this planet. I, if I could personally sit there and hand out every single person's worth and be like, this is you, you got this. I would do it in a heartbeat. Me too. That's what we're going to try to do. Um, so what do you, what would you say is something just in general that Christians most misunderstand about the LGBTQ community? So I think something that Christians don't understand about the queer community would be our sexuality does not define us. It has, it's, it's just there. You know, it's, it's just something. It's like having a right foot and a left foot. It's part of us, but it doesn't define who we are. We have characteristics and we have who we are that has nothing to do with our sexuality. So if we could just lay off of that sexuality and just focus on who yeah. we are as individuals, what talents we possess, um, different opportunities that we have that we can work on within ourselves, those are the kinds of things that need to be focused on instead of the choices that I make in love. Like that just, I don't, I truly don't understand how people can't see past sexuality. It doesn't, it doesn't fit in my brain. It doesn't compute. Yeah. I get it. I get it. So maybe more, hopefully more of a fun question. Uh, you know, if, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, that was a message to Christians from you about this or just from the LGBTQ community as a whole, what would that billboard say and why? I think my billboard would say to stop being afraid of the queer folk because we aren't anything to be afraid of. I'm very lucky, if you will. Um, I don't look gay you know I don't I don't have that like people go about looking at me and they just see a girl like that's all they see uh, my fiance on the other hand she is more butch so she has her hair cut short styled on the top you know she's got the tattoo she just wears a little bit more masculine clothing um and so if people I know for example my parents my parents my, my dad and my brothers specifically terrified of gay men because they hate the idea of someone coming on to them without permission. It's very funny if you flip that to a lady because yeah. we that all the time. And yeah. so I think if I could tell Christians to just calm down and don't be afraid, we don't all have AIDS. You know, we could take it back to the eighties if we need to, you know, it, it's not a big deal. Just relax and lay off a little bit. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, so if you've got people that call themselves Christians or believers, and they're not, they're just not even familiar, like maybe out of ignorance or maybe out of just, just choosing to not want to understand because they don't have the answers, but maybe they're <laughs> wanting to, maybe hearing this is stirring something up. What are questions that they could ask to better understand you and better understand people in the community? 
That's a wonderful question. Um, be honest, you know, be open. Um, just, you know, kind of walk up and say like, hey, I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, can you help me? And then ask specific questions. So whatever you're interested in, find someone who is open and who is willing to talk to you and ask questions. The questions you can ask are, hey, I really don't understand how you can be bisexual. How does that even compute? My aunt asked me the same question. She's like, I don't get how you can be bisexual. My simple answer, some people really like breakfast foods. Their breakfast is their number one meal of the day. Some people really like dinner. Dinner is their number one meal. They, they thrive off of their dinner. I like lunch. I like a little bit of both. I like to be able to have some French toast if I want it, but also have a steak if I want it. You know, I like that, those both. And, you know, once I gave her that answer, she was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then later on, you know, a few months later, I decided, no, actually I'm not bisexual, I'm a lesbian. You know, she asked another question. I don't understand, how can you like girls? I don't know how to explain it, but I'm willing to sit here for 20 minutes and explain to you how it's just as natural if you want me to. Just ask questions. Um, if you want to be involved, ask what type of verbiage to use, what type not to use. There are certain words we do not use. Look up why those words are not used. Understand the why, not just the what. Because when you start to understand the why, you'll start to understand the community. Because you can understand the what, you can understand a math problem, but if you don't understand how you got to that answer, it's not gonna compute as well. You can still get it. You can probably guess on your next test, but it's not gonna be the same thing. So if you understand the why behind the what, it will help you, it will help you build with anyone, not just the queer community, any community. I started doing that when we started having the race war that America had You know, last year. It was a big, intense thing. I grew up in a very racist household. I reached out to a couple of my friends, they were black. And I said, listen, I know how I sound right now. And I'm so sorry. I don't want to sound like another one of those people, but I, I'm confused. Like I was always told this, is it right? And they're like, no, that's really bad. Don't do that. And I'm like, Ugh, got it. Don't do that. It's the exact same thing with us. We're just a group of people with typically a general understanding of the same stuff. Everybody has their own opinions. Everybody has their own world. Just ask. Yeah, that's great. So or do you think there are other questions that you wish I would have asked or that are just anything that you would want to mention about the overall topic of us talking that I didn't directly ask? Um, I mean, I kind of think just the understanding the importance of the fact that it is not all that we are. It's kind of like when you find someone that's really into video games. Cool, they're into video games, but what else do they do? They might also be really good at math or they might be really good at being a care provider. You know, that's not their whole life just because it's a part of who they are. It's hmm. just, a, it's very similar to a character trait, but it's, way more shallow than that like find out who we are and that is like the number one thing that I can drill is just care about the person more than anything way more yeah. than anything I think that where people have messed it up 
is they've reversed the plank versus the speck. Um, like, you know, Jesus told people, like, you regard your sin as a plank. And once you fully dealt with that, then you can go take care of someone else's speck. But I think we've reversed that for certain issues that make us uncomfortable. And now mm -hmm. I look at everyone else's sin as the plank and mine as the speck. And like I, that's where I think we have got to, uh, people that call themselves Christians are going to have to um, unlearn and unknow the God that they've inherited or have been taught and instead begin to just really encounter the God that was revealed in Jesus, which uh, was someone who was immersed in love, that was uh, inclusive so that we can love the way that he loves. And, yep. you know, I hear all the time that, you know, well, you, you still have to call sin, sin. You still have to call out people's stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't, I mean, if somebody was telling me every day, like, hey, you have, you have a lot of pride. You have a lot of pride. You have a lot of pride. You need to deal with your pride. Like, I, well, even if I know they're right, I'm probably not going to hang out with them very much. Yet, uh, everybody wanted to hang out with Jesus except for the religious people. So uh -huh. I think we can probably glean from that, that he was not calling out all of their issues every single day. Uh, I agree. Just, and that was something old people all the time. I would say, you know, people who were being Christians and they're like, well, I just, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, hate the belief, love the believer. We can throw that right back at you. Like, let's play yeah. that game. But I love I, that. I, I'm, I'm going to, can I steal that? Go for it. Take it. Next time somebody uses that, I'm going to say, hate the, uh, hate the belief, not the believer. Yep. I'm, I am right there. And the two things that I always told people every single time is I would say, before you claim to be a Christian, before you come at me with any type of anything, like I'm willing to have this conversation, but before you do that, go get yourself involved with people go get your, not just people of your community, go outside your community because you might be sheltered by the community that you live in. Go outside your community. I'm not saying go on a mission trip all the way across the world. I'm saying go to the bad part of town and get involved in a shelter there. And then the second thing I always say is understand where the word came from. Understand that there's a possibility that your version of what you understand might not be the right way. And by right way, I mean, there might be more than one way to interpret it. So have that on standby and have that in consideration. Um, another thing I always go back to kind of unrelated is witch. People tend to be like, oh, you're a witch, you're evil. And I'm like, actually, let's backtrack. Where was the witch? When was witch involved in the Bible? Let's talk about that. And then it, you know, it goes back to King James and we all know about King James. And so it's all about where you're getting your basis and your fundamental understanding of. And if you are worshiping something such as the Bible, which again, I grew up Baptist, everybody worshiped the Bible, not God, the yeah. Bible. And so if that's where you are, fine, understand it. Where did it come from? How did it get there? What's the, what's the original text say versus what this text says, you know, those kinds of things. And once I challenge people that they usually can't come at yeah. me, they, they, they after that, they're like, well, 
whatever, or I'm going to choose faith. Yeah. I yeah, get that it's, one. It's been God, Jesus, and the Holy Bible for too long. Uh, I've done this thought experiment with people when I say word of God, what, what do you think I'm talking about? And everybody says the Bible. Mm -hmm. I said, but the Bible's actually never called the word of God. Jesus is called the word. And so yep. maybe he should be our standard, not, uh, not the Bible. Cause, uh, exactly. you can't, uh, you can't view all the passages in the old Testament and say, well, because of Jesus, now God changed. If you're really going to believe that it, it says God never changed, you know, their yeah. perspective of God in the Old Testament was one of violence and wrath. But if Jesus comes on and sees us, the scene and says, when you've seen me, you've seen the father. And since mm -hmm. he was never violent and never full of wrath and only displayed love, then that means that's who God has always been and is always is. So there's a, a perspective exactly. shift. Uh, we have to go, it's kind of like, like those, uh, surprise endings to movies like the ending happens you're like i've got to go back and re-watch this now to see now that i know the surprise ending let me re-watch it through the right lens and jesus is the right lens to go back and read everything through so i'm really sorry that you've had to encounter people that call themselves christians that didn't look like jesus and I hope that uh, after me, there'll be many other people that come into your life that claim to be Christian that just demonstrate love, not with the goal to convert you, but just mm -hmm. to love you and to just accept you and to encourage you and to care about the things that you care about. Uh, so hopefully uh, I'm just the first of many that will maybe start to undo so much of that hatred that's been thrown at you and others in your same community so yeah. with a lot of therapy I came to understand again perspective so I understand that a lot of what is thrown at me was thrown at them and it was thrown at them and it was thrown at their parents and their parents so I understand that um, I mean you know Buddha said it or um you know there's just there's a lot yeah I understand yeah. <laughs> I, I thank you for those wonderful words. Um, I am super open to people and I love conversation. And so, you know, my heart follows my spirit and wherever it takes me, who knows where it will go. Um, but for right now, I am happy to be on track and finding myself and finding friends along the way. And hopefully somehow we'll intertwine each other's lives and be yeah. able to grow together. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for just being willing to to sit down and talk. And I'm hoping that it will be enlightening for uh, people who call themselves Christians. And then also to hear for other people that have experienced just the hatred to hear that, okay, not every Christian is like that. And we can begin to start looking like Jesus to the world. I really, that's a lot of good. I really, really do.